Many come to law school because they want in some way to help people around the world, victims of genocide or victims of racism, economic injustice, or religious persecution. Unfortunately, the experience of law school and the legal profession often dilute the commitment to social justice lawyering. It pains me to say it, but injustice is a counterculture value in our legal profession. Because of that, you must be different. You must swim upstream while others are on their way down. Unless you are serious about your direction, you will likely grow tired, float along, and end up downstream with the rest. The traditional marks of successes are not good indicators for social justice advocates. Certainly, you hope for yourself what you hope for others, a good family, a home, a healthy life, and enough to pay off those loans. You can achieve all these things and still pursue social justice, but they demand that you be more creative, flexible, and patient than those for whom money is the main yardstick of success. Our profession certainly pays lip service to justice, and because we are lawyers, we often sound eloquent. But everyone knows that, in, that justice is not the essence of the legal profession. Money is. Most legal work facilitates the transfer of money from one group to another, sometimes taking from the poor and giving to the rich, or justifying injustices levied upon the weak by the strong. The actual message that pervades the legal profession is that justice work, if done at all, is done in the margins, after the real work is done. But you are just one in a long line of true justice seekers. Learn from Mohandas Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Thurgood Marshall, and many other lawyers whose names are synonymous with justice. There are thousands of others like them, mostly unknown to history, but great teachers and inspirations nevertheless. They are the passionate advocate for victims of domestic violence, the dedicated public defender, the volunteer counselor for those evicted, and the legal services lawyer working with farm workers or the aging. Seek out these mentors and understand the challenges they have overcome. There's far too little about justice in law school. You'll have to learn this on your own. What is social justice? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. described it best he said, I am convinced that if we are to get on the right side of the world revolution, we as a nation must undergo a radical revolution of values. We must rapidly begin the shift from a thing-oriented society to a person-oriented society. When machines and computers, profit motives, and property rights are considered more important than people, the giant triplet of racism, materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered. A true revolution of values will soon cause us to question the fairness and justice of many of our past and present policies. Dr. King's message is not for the faint of heart. You must be willing to be uncomfortable because questioning our laws will make other people uncomfortable. Many of them are perfectly satisfied with the way things are right now. For them, our nation is the best of all possible nations. Our laws, the best of all possible laws. Pointing out the contradictions breeds doubt, and where that materialism of which Dr. King speaks reigns supreme, discomfort is the opposite of a well-lived life. Happiness is not found in comfort for those floating along in life. So more is the case when justice for others is your goal, which is seldom clean or complete. Be prepared to be misunderstood, to be criticized, 
your convictions might make others uncomfortable because others would rather not piece together a tapestry of American justice full of holes and contradictions. But if you are willing to be uncomfortable and you invest in working to change the world, you will find it extremely rewarding. Rewarding. We must never confuse law and justice. What is legal is often not just, and what is just is often not at all legal. Consider what was perfectly legal a hundred years ago. Children as young as six were employed in dangerous industries. Women and African Americans could not vote. Any business could discriminate for any reason. Bosses paid workers whatever they wanted to. Industrialists used police to beat up strikers and evict families. A hundred years ago, lawyers and judges and legislatures worked in a very professional matter enforcing laws that we know were terribly unjust to those without power. So why do injustices persist? Our laws, by and large, are what those with power think should apply to those without power. If you are interested in real social justice, begin by seeking out those voices not heard in marbled courtrooms or in halls of government. Listen to the people who are rarely heard, and you will understand exactly where injustice flourishes. Focus on who is suffering and why. It is not in the statute nor in the legislative history nor in the appellate decision that you will find these voices. Second, ask yourself who benefits. Why do you think that the minimum wage stays stagnant for long periods of time while expenditures on medical existence soar year after year? Third, ask yourself, if the rich own so much, why do laws assist the poor, the elderly, or the disabled at all? Why are they structured in the way they are? Learning this history will help you understand how change comes about. Social Security, for example, is now a huge statutory entitlement program that is subject to a lot of debate and proposals for reform. Look for dozens of decades after this country was founded. Uh, sorry, but for dozens of decades after this country was founded, there was no national Social Security at all for older people or those who could not work. As you look into how Social Security came into being, those who fought for it, how people fought to create it, and the number of years it took to pass these laws, you will discover some of the stepping stones for change. There's a strong tendency for outsiders to anoint one or more people as the leaders of every social justice struggle. Unfortunately, that suggests that social change occurs only when these one in a million leaders happen to be in the right place at the right time. That's a false narrative. The truth is, you are one of those people. The only thing stopping you from realizing that tomorrow is that the day you reverse direction and start swimming against the current is the day that you will have found the right inspiration, the right life-defining purpose, and the group of lifelong friends who will support you in this journey. I hope you will be able to inspire me on mine.